0: The Carolina Hurricanes are set to begin their second round series against the New Jersey Devils tonight in Raleigh. I sit down with Trey Matthews from Locked On Devils as we preview this second round series in this episode of Locked On Hurricanes. Your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Caniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of this Wednesday afternoon. And this episode is once again brought to you by the lovely folks over at GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. You could use it on tickets for tonight's game. But again, we are talking about this series with Trey Matthews from Locked On Devils. And I won't keep you any longer, folks. It was a really fun conversation I had with Trey and we got a lot of insight into the Devils and Devils fans got a lot of insight into the Hurricanes so enjoy folks all right Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils and Jared Ellis of Locked on Hurricanes
1: and Jared uh, our two teams play if I'm if I recall correctly do I got that correct
0: yes you do sir it has been a long time coming it's been a hot minute since these teams have played each other in the playoffs
1: Absolutely. So you said it's been a hot minute since these two teams have played in the playoffs. Well, to uh, just back that up, the Devils and Carolina Hurricanes face off in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the fifth time. The last time they played one another was 2009. The Hurricanes defeated the New Jersey Devils in seven games in round one. And then the last time the Devils defeated the Carolina Hurricanes in the playoffs, you would have to go back to 2001 when the Devils defeated – the the Hurricanes in six games so this is the first time that they will play while competing in the same division now like you said it's been a long time coming obviously the Carolina Hurricanes they were kings of the Metropolitan Division the Devils were right there on their tail unfortunately you guys ended up winning your final game of the regular season thus clinching that number one spot in the Metro but here we are round two the New Jersey Devils just defeated the Uh, New York Rangers in seven games. You guys had some extra rest time because you handled the New York Islanders fairly quickly. So, um, going into this matchup, how did our teams get to this point? I want to start with you.
0: Yeah. So, the Hurricanes, they took down the Islanders in six games, but it was a very hard fought six games. Uh, The Hurricanes really had to deal with a lot of physicality from the Islanders. They're obviously able to persevere it through all that but they did lose tavo Taravainen after a slashing from John Cabrio Paggio which ended up breaking Taravainen's hand and he had to have surgery and is out for the remainder of the playoffs so the Hurricanes are dealing with injuries a lot right now but they're going to be they're going to be a formidable opponent for the Devils that's for sure
1: yeah, so I was actually going to mention about uh, Tara Vinan because we already knew the situation for Shvetchnikov and mm-hmm. uh, my thing, my thing was like, okay, you, you already you're already missing one of your key guys because uh, Shvetchnikov was a, an all star this year, and obviously Tara Vinen, he plays a vital uh, role with the Carolina Hurricanes. So I wanted to ask you this: How much do those injuries uh, hinder the? the Carolina Hurricanes, because we already knew they were missing one key guy before the start of the playoffs, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and now Tara Vinen goes down. He has to have surgery on his hands. So how does this affect the Carolina Hurricanes? Because I mentioned briefly in my episode saying that the Carolina Hurricanes are missing a couple key players, and I think this could fall into the Devils' favor respectfully. So I want to get your thoughts. Does this hinder the Carolina Hurricanes at all, or uh, is this really just a matter of, Next man up, and they'll be just fine.
0: I think it's a bit of both, actually, uh, because they do have that next man up mentality. We saw that in the first round; uh, guys are stepping up big time. Because not only were you missing those two guys, you're also miss- missing Max Pacioretty, who was supposed to provide provide them with a lot of extra scoring, and especially whenever you know he was originally coming back from his torn Achilles, he would essentially been the trade deadline pickup just for how the timetable happened there and he had his couple games and he toured again so that was a lot of scoring you're planning on having in the playoffs that isn't there either but so you're missing all three of those guys who play vital roles on the offense so not having them that definitely hurts and can be a hindrance we saw that some in that series against the islanders and not having Sveshnikov and ready just in the regular season you could see it really especially after Sveshnikov went down as well you could really really see it then but again they do have this next man up mentality guys are realizing hey we got to fill these gaps and they're doing it best they can
1: so there's been a lot of parody throughout the course of the playoffs because we saw the Toronto Maple Leafs they are now advancing to the next round for the first time since 2004 the Boston Bruins who Broke the all-time record for most wins in a regular in a regular season, and also most points in a regular season. They just got upset upset by the Florida Panthers to see Al Kraken continue to surprise a lot of people, and the New Jersey Devils are no exception. Because going into the first round, despite the New Jersey Devils handling the New York Rangers during the regular season, and despite the Devils finishing off with the better record, I still believe that the New Jersey Devils were somewhat underdogs in that matchup and we saw in the first two games because they got outscored 10 to two. And then for a a lot of people, they were already writing off the devils. They were saying it was going to be an easy sweep and uh, the devils couldn't do this. But the one thing I want, I think a lot of people need to take into consideration is that you cannot underestimate the devils at all. So God forbid uh, with all due respect to the hurricanes, if you guys go up three, nothing do not feel comfortable because the devils have a knack for the theatrics. They have a knack for those comeback from behind victories because I believe they led the NHL with 26 this year. And so uh, for the first time since 1994 and the second time in team history, the New Jersey Devils were able to overcome a 2-0 deficit and come out on the winning end. And for the first time since 2012, they have actually won a playoff series. So this team has a lot of momentum going forward, and they have a lot of solid contributors up and down their lineup. So the Devils owned four players with 70 or more points in a single season. That's Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Dougie Hamilton, Jesper Bratt, which tied the franchise record for most Devils skaters who earned 70 or more points in a single season. And, I, I, and you, you also cannot underestimate Akira Schmidt because Akira Schmidt logged his second career postseason shutout against the Rangers uh, in the playoffs. And Schmidt became the second netminder in franchise history who earned a shutout. In a game seven, the last player to do so was Martin Brodeur back during the 2003 season uh, or playoff series against the Anaheim Ducks in which the Devils came out victorious once again. Schmid became the third rookie netminder in NHL history who logged two shutouts in a single postseason. Uh, The two shutouts earned by a rookie netminder in a single postseason series versus the Rangers are the most. Schmid became the first rookie netminder in franchise history who earned multiple shutouts in a single postseason Martin Brodeur did it back in 1994. Sean Burke did it back in 1988. And also Schmidt became the second net miner in franchise history who eliminated the Rangers. Martin Brodeur did it twice. So going into this matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes, you have that momentum. And I think one thing that I don't want to overlook is the immaculate defense for the Devils. So it hasn't been perfect, but they really know how to step up their game when it matters most so uh kevin ball he has 15 hits he ranks second on the new jersey devils michael mcleod his overall face-off percentage is 62 which ranks fifth for the entire stanley cup playoffs and then john marino he leads the new jersey devils this postseason with 22 minutes and 57 seconds average ice time so the 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 defensive-minded effort whether it's from the fours or the defensemen has been very crucial for the devils so Kevin Ball, he's been, uh, as my one of my associates likes to describe it, he's been a Sasquatch out there, just holding down the blue line for the Devils. Uh, Damon Severson, he's taken a bit of a backseat role because we always think of him as an offensive-minded defenseman. But since Dougie Hamilton is having, once again, a resurgence after an injury-plagued year last year, uh, Damon Severson has kind of felt fallen out of favoritism in terms of generating the offensive numbers for the defenseman. But the advanced analytics show it that Damon Severson has been stepping up his game big time. So that defensive pairing of Severson and ball has been very consistent. And your boy, Dougie Hamilton, he surpassed Scott Stevens this regular season for most goals in a single season by a devil's defenseman. And he is definitely someone you cannot underestimate Ryan graves It's been a bit of a struggle during the course of the postseason, but he did lead the new Jersey devils in, I believe offensive point shares. No, no, no. Sorry. He led in defensive point shares. So uh, Ryan Graves definitely knows how to contribute for the Devils in that sort of aspect. And then, um, yeah, so the defense has just been completely shut down for for the Devils. You can't underestimate Jonas Siegethaler. He's been big for the Devils as well. And John Marino, like I said, he's been a workhorse out there. So Mm -hmm. I think uh, during the course of the first round for the Devils, you just saw a lot of players step up their game when it mattered most. And they have a lot of big contributors. They have a lot of people you can't underestimate. And I think uh the name of the game for Devils is that they are the never say die team. They're they're just a team you cannot sleep on during the course of the postseason.
0: The the Goonies. <laughs> but Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Uh the Devils are definitely a team that for me personally, I wasn't underestimating them. Uh the one thing that for me, that was giving me that gave the Rangers the edge. For me, was just their little bit more postseason experience. Uh, but yeah, I know all about Dougie Hamilton in the playoffs. I've seen it multiple times You know when he was here, and I know just how good he can be as well. And one thing I did forget to mention uh, at the top of the episode was the fact that we we're talking about how many times these teams have played each other in playoffs. Uh, out of the first four times, Three of them, the winner has advanced to the Stanley Cup final, with that being in 2001 uh, when you guys went uh, and then 2002 for the Hurricanes and then 2006 for the Hurricanes as well. So while those have been a uh, while ago, it is definitely still a pretty cool stat that you never know could definitely be a foreshadowing of what's going to happen after this series. So before we move on, I
1: got to ask you, Jared, uh, do you know the perfect place to buy your tickets at the last possible second if you want to see the game live and in person?
0: Yes, I do, Trey. It is, of course, game time, and game time is absolutely perfect. It's definitely helped me with some impulse buys in the past.
1: So forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for hockey, football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive to the stadium or arena, whatever the case might be. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. So download the Game Time app create an account and use the code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off download game time today, last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed. Yes, sir. All right. So let's get into the knit and grit of all this stuff. So we talked about how our teams got to this point. Let's talk about uh, some players that could stand out during the course of this series. So, MVP of the series for the Carolina Hurricanes. Who do you just see having this big impact to help the Carolina Hurricanes, God forbid, beat the New Jersey Devils?
0: So there's oh, there's a couple names that come to mind initially, but I am going to go with Sebastian Ajo. He had a really, really good first-round series against the Islanders coming off with four goals and three assists, really carrying a big load to make up for the lack of Andrei Sveshkov, Max Pacioretty, and Tevo Taravainen as well, really stepped up his game and is playing like the Hurricanes' top guy. And I see that continuing into this series with the Devils, along with everyone else having to step up their game. But the playoffs just get harder and harder, and the Hurricanes have been in the Devils' shoes in the past with being that young underdog team that got to the playoffs and not a whole lot of people were expecting much out of and then to go on a nice little run in the playoffs as well so the hurricanes have been there they know the mindset that the devils are going to be in Dougie Hamilton was a part of that young team that got the hurricanes to the conference finals so Sebastian Aho he's going to have to step up his game big time and I do see him playing a vital vital role for the hurricanes
1: so for the New Jersey Devils, last series, it was the underdogs, like I mentioned in the first segment. So Eric Kala, another former uh, Carolina Hurricane, he was able to have a big showing. He had uh, four goals, two assists for a grand total of six points in seven game appearances, and he was able to rack up two power play goals. So Eric Kala, he just does the dirty work in the corners. He does the dirty work in general so players like Jack Hughes can go out and do his thing. And obviously you saw Andre Palat. Andre Palat, he kind of had a mediocre regular season campaign. It's not entirely on his fault just because he had to deal with injury. So he finished off with five points, two goals, and three assists in this playoff series. Once again, got off to a slow start that leaked over from the regular season. But once he was able to score his first goal, Andre Palat, we saw why the Devils signed him in the first place, which is Mm -hmm. you look for veteran leadership and you look for uh, his playoff production. help you go the distance but in this series against Carolina Hurricanes I'm gonna go with the boring answer and that's Jack Hughes as my MVP for this series so Jack Hughes in seven game appearances he has three goals two assists for a grand total of five points now for Jack Hughes in the last series against the Rangers it hasn't been perfect but at the same time you still saw those spurts of offensive execution so the one thing that I cannot deny for Jack Hughes is his speed and just his ability to play the puck, I saw a lot more energy. I saw a lot more passion. I saw just a lot more emotion from Jack Hughes. And I relate his situation to Patrick Kane because Patrick Kane, in his third season with the Chicago Blackhawks, he was able to help lead the Chicago Blackhawks to a Stanley Cup final and win it for the first time in, like, decades. So my thing is, like, I think Jack Hughes' story arc is similar to Patrick Kane, because people are saying he's too small, he's too inexperienced, he's not going to uh, do what he did during the course of regular season. It's not going to translate into the playoffs. Like I said, it hasn't been perfect, but at the same time, I think Jack Hughes still has that momentum carrying from the last series, and I just see a lot of aggression. So even if Jack Hughes doesn't finish off with a point, you still see him getting a lot of shots on goal. You see him just once again using his burst of speed, just trying to. Quarterback the offense for the Devils, so I think Jack Hughes in my eyes is the MVP for the New Jersey Devils in the next series. It my my MVP in the first round was obviously Akira Schmidt, and I anticipate for Akira Schmidt to still be the goalie in net for the Devils in the second round because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And mm-hmm. Lindy Ruff does have the tendency to uh make some questionable lineup decisions, but Akira Schmidt is the guy in net for the Devils. So, like I said in the first segment, Akira Schmidt has surprised a lot of people but I think Jack Hughes is the person that the devils are going to lean their shoulder on in order to uh, just drive forward and able to just help hopefully surpass the Carolina hurricanes because the devils are having a magical season. Jack Hughes was at the helm of it. He broke the single season uh, points record for the devils surpassing Patrick Elias. He finished with 99 points, just one point shy of that coveted 100, but Jack Hughes, uh, he's just amazing. And like I said, Now that he has that first playoff experience under his belt, now that the jitters are out the way, now that he kind of has a keen for what has to be done in order to be successful, I think Jack Hughes is my pick to be the MVP in the next series. I think it's his turn to have a great story arc on this roster.
0: Yeah, and to piggyback off of a couple of your guys as well, you're talking about Palat uh, and this veteran leadership that he's bringing being why they brought him in and that of made me think of Brent Burns, uh, Hurricanes going out making a really big splash in the offseason, trading for him, you know, getting that veteran leadership as well as the offensive uh, partner to Jacob Slavin on that first defensive pairing that the Hurricanes have been trying to fill since you guys took Dougie Hamilton. And then you're talking about Schmidt, uh, break or excuse me, Jack Hughes breaking records uh, made me think of Brent Burns yet again and how he broke the single season uh, points record for the Carolina Hurricanes. And talking about your goalie, Frederick Anderson, he's definitely going to play a vital role for the Hurricanes as well. Could easily be their MVP as well. Now that he's healthy and ready to go, I definitely see him starting off this series because he was a brick wall in game six and auntie bronto was nothing to scoff at in those first five games either
1: yeah i think uh going up against igor shesterkin was definitely a good challenge for akira schmidt and i think it can leak over into the next round of the playoff series and quite honestly like i said he's building up that nice story arc and he is definitely a feel-good story during the course of the playoffs but moving on from mvps let's look at x-factors let's look at players that maybe won't be like the top guy, but definitely can have some sort of impact. So who on the Carolina Hurricanes might not get the recognition that they deserve, but they certainly play a vital role in uh, how the uh, machine is going to function for your your unit.
0: Yeah, so there's definitely a, a few names that come to mind here. And first off, Guy that always uh, actually two defensemen that kind of f- have flown under the radar this season. Uh, Jacob Slavin, you know, never is one that gets talked about a whole lot in the de- best defenseman category just because he's not super flashy, doesn't score a lot of goals, but he is arguably the best defensive defenseman in the National Hockey League. So he is going to be a guy you're going to have to watch out for. And then being hit with him being beside Brent Burns as well really deadly combination Uh, on that second pairing. uh, Brady Shea, uh, he had a quiet monster year. He finished uh, just in the top four for goals for a defenseman behind Dougie Hamilton, Eric Carlson uh, up there. And while he hasn't had it here in the playoffs, I'm definitely, it just felt like he was knocking on the door there at that end of the series. It just feels like he's just ready to break out and get back to that regular season form. That we saw for him, Uh, and another guy that just feels like he's knocking on the door, just real, just ready to break out in this series is Yesperi Kotnyemi. He had a really, really improved season. It just got better as the season went on. The back half of the season, him just really finding his groove, settling into that second line center role, and especially in Game Six, it just felt like he was knocking on the door, ready to get it down uh, in that first series against the Islanders. So you talk about knocking
1: down on the door and being so close, and I think uh, there's no better person that fits the description on the Devils end than Timo Meyer. So Timo Meyer actually owns 23 uh, hits in the postseason, which leads the Devils team. Now he didn't finish off uh, the the first round with a single point, but mm-hmm. at the same time he was still making his presence known, and that's the one thing I like about Timo Meyer. It's one of the reasons why I was ecstatic when the Devils traded for him because. It's not just his offensive numbers because we saw him obviously this year able to reach forty goals. Obviously, most of it was with the San Jose Sharks, but nonetheless, Timo Meyer does have that capability to score. But at the same time, he brings a physicality to this team that was so desperately missing in the first half of the year. Just that grit, just that toughness. Mm-hmm. Like you, you get that from like maybe Nathan Basha, you could get that from Michael McLeod, you could get that from Miles Wood, but not at the same caliber as Timo Meyer, So Timo Meyer was just a little bit of a menace out there. He was a little bit of a pest, especially towards uh, Shesterkin, and it led uh, Shesterkin to actually tell the Athletics, saying that I think Timo Meyer is watching too much MMA out there. And, yeah, he got laid out by Jacob Tro- Trobob uh, in Game 7, but uh, Lindy Ruff said he doesn't anticipate it, uh, uh, anything to be too serious. Like, his nose was swollen up, but the good mm-hmm. news was is that he was able to go back to the bench after the hit and after he got checked out in the locker room. So that's a good sign. So I think worst case scenario could just be a fractured Nose could be broken nose, but theoretically you can play through it, but digressing a little bit Timo Meyer, he's actually been creating good looks for himself and others. And I think that's what people need to take into consideration when they're frustrated with the let's face it, not the end result. So The end result is that they want him to score. They want him to get into the scoring column. And I get that and all, but at the same time, they're expecting for him to put up like Jack Hughes numbers when there's already a Jack Hughes on the roster. So I think for Timo Meyer, it's just like he's a locomotive coming down the lane. He's going to assert himself and he is going to ruffle up some feathers. And that's what I like from Meyer because he is able to, once again, bring that toughness bring that grit to our forwards. But at the same time, he can uh, score three goals on you in a single game if you're not careful. So he was mm. creating good looks for himself. And he was also uh, able to create for others as well. He just got snake been. He was just very, very, very unlucky.
0: And yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. Like, oh man, it's going to be a fun little chunk to cut out, but it'll be a fun clip to post on Twitter of just <laughs> <sent> my <laughs> mic stand falling. <laughs> okay. Uh. Okay. We're still recording, right? Yeah, you're still recording. You were talking about Timo Meyer.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember. So I think Timo Meyer is definitely going to be that guy that the New Jersey Devils are going to uh, hope that has a a, a nice showing in the next game. And even if even if he doesn't score or even if he doesn't get a single point, his, his effectiveness, his effectiveness is still there. It's still present. And he is playing meaningful minutes and the advanced analytics uh, show it. So I think Timo Meyer is definitely an, an X factor for this New Jersey Devils team. Now, going from MVPs to X factors, who is someone that needs to step up? Someone who maybe didn't have a good showing or maybe someone you expect just a little bit more of. Who Who is that person for the Hurricanes?
0: Yeah, so it's actually someone we've already talked about, and that is Brady Shea. Because uh, of the momentum he was having coming out of the regular season just How great of a season he had. A lot of folks were expecting big things from him. And, you know, he just didn't live up to it as much in that first round series. Definitely felt invisible at times. And it's just like where he was such a big factor in the regular season, it just was not there in the playoffs. And it wasn't like, you know, Oh, these other guys around him were elevating their play and he didn't stick out as much. It just felt like he faded more into the background in the first round. And I definitely want him to step it up a bit more in this uh, next round against the Devils.
1: Okay, so my next one is going to be somewhat controversial, but I have a reason. So I want Nico Heischer to step up his game. And not because he's been been performing bad. Not because he's been performing bad at all. But the last time that Nico Heischer has scored, you would have to go back a full... last time Nico Heischer scored, you would have to go back a full calendar month on April 2nd when he scored. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, I want to see Nico Heischer just be a tad more selfish. So he's creating for others, and that's great, because he finished... He finished off with um, he finished off with five assists in the previous series and mm-hmm. that's fantastic but i want him to score a little bit more he the reason he had a career year was because he was also able to find the back of the net so i want to mm-hmm. see that from i want to see that from our captain just a tad bit more
0: okay so, that's fair
1: yeah so that's my thing i'm not saying he performed bad and i'm not saying like yeah i'm not trying to say that at all but I just mm-hmm. want to see him be a little bit more selfish. It's the same advice I gave Jack Hughes earlier this season, which is, Jack, be more selfish. Shoot. I don't care if you don't score. But for Nico, it's just like sometimes he shoots a little bit and he's content with not uh, shooting again. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. that's, that's why. Yeah,
0: I want that, to see. Him. Yeah, that's definitely fair because uh, I've had that same criticism with several Hurricanes players over the years. Uh, they always look to they've already they're always pass first pass first and you know sometimes i'm just like look if you have that shot opportunity there take it if you score that's great but even if you don't you know you had that opportunity there and you know i feel sometimes they need to capitalize it on as well and definitely jordan stall our captain as well i'd definitely like to see him you know step up his game a little bit more again not that he has been bad but we're used to you know, over these past couple of years, the back half of the regular season into the playoffs, he really heats up and plays a big role in the playoffs. And it just hasn't been the case this postseason.
1: OK, so let's move on from individual player to uh, team uh, improvement. So what is something that the Carolina Hur- Hurricanes have to fix as a team in
0: order to come out victorious in this series? So There are two things that come to mind with that one first and foremost being the power play that has been something that has plagued the hurricanes all season long, uh, of it not being up to the standards that they've set over the past couple of years. So that's something that needs to step up. It had life in that series against the islanders, but it was just a bit inconsistent. You would have this one game where they go off for multiple power play goals, the next game a whole lot of nothing or you know you get a power play goal but it was really the islanders scoring on themselves so just a bit more consistency from the power play and it's not even that you know they have to you know have the best power play in all of the playoff teams it's just you know have a bit more consistency and look like a threat when you're out there definitely uh in the last month or so or actually God, what was the timetable? I don't remember the exact timetable, uh, but at the very end of the season, it was operating like 10 point something percent. It it just felt like a bathroom break uh, when the Hurricanes would go on the power play. I definitely want them to continue to improve because it has improved from the end of the regular season into the playoffs. It just isn't the consistency isn't there. You don't know what you're going to get. And then another thing is offense from the blue line it really ran through there in the regular season and it that hasn't been the case in the playoffs where you have know, guys like Brent Burns and Brady Shea they you could rely on them to rack up goals there were games where it was only defensemen that were scoring goals and the forward group was the ones that weren't doing anything so Definitely would like to see that come back because definitely sometimes in that series against Islanders, it felt a bit meh, yeah, especially with 5-on-5 five five and because so often they carried such a big load this season and it just hasn't been there in the playoffs. And it's not like, like I said earlier, the other guys raising their play and yeah, you know, the other ones still being there. It's definitely one is up here, one is down there now. It's flipped from the regular season.
1: Yeah, so uh going off what you just said, so the power play for the Carolina Hurricanes in the playoffs so far is twenty percent, which ranks ninth in the in, mm-hmm. the in the entire playoff field. So yeah. it's blow like teeter tottering in the middle ground mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, and but their penalty kill, yeah, uh, your, your, your guys penalty kill number one.
0: Oh yeah, I was looking at that earlier today, ninety four point four percent.
1: Absolutely. So. The Devils PK ranks fifth at 82.1%. So their penalty, the Devils, uh, in my eyes, they have to work on their special team. So despite their penalty kill being good, don't give the Carolina Hurricanes any sort of life when they're on the man advantage. Because what killed the Devils in the previous series against the Rangers, they allowed Chris Kreider to score five power play goals. And when the Devils went on the man advantage, when they went on the power play, um, in the first game they had the, like, they had like what they had four power play opportunities and they didn't get a single shot on Shesterkin. So they went eight minutes on the power play without getting a shot on goal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like I said, if you're going up against the best of the best in the Carolina hurricanes who are excellent on the PK, especially during the course of the playoffs, you got to step up your game. That cannot happen. They're going to shut you down in that regard. And mm-hmm. then for the power play, um, when, when the Carolina Hurricanes are on the man advantage, yes, you might think it's mediocre, but for me, it's just like, they're a few positions higher than yeah. the Devils. Like, it doesn't matter if they're eighth, or ninth, or, you know, it, do- it doesn't matter if you mm-hmm. think it's like middle of the pack, mediocre. It's still dangerous in my eyes. So the Devils, mm-hmm. you got to make sure that you don't take those, unnecessary silly penalties because that's going to be your Achilles heel. So if you continue to give the Carolina Hurricanes that sort of opportunity, then it's going to be lights out for you. So in terms of the PK, try not to go onto the PK. I don't care how good it is. And then for the power play, you got to step up. The Devils rank 13th amongst all uh, te- all playoff teams on, uh, on the power play because the Devils have a – success rate of 16.7%. So bottom tier amongst Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the playoff teams that cannot happen as well. So in my eyes, special teams have to uh, be the main fix and the main priority for Lindy Ruff, If, if the devils want any chance of making it past second round and then just being one series away from going back to the Stanley cup final, but that's a little down the line. So my thing is special teams for me is the, is the name of the game for a devil. So don't go on PK. Don't get those unnecessary penalties. And then for power play, if, you, if you're if you unable to register a single shot in, in, in X amount of power play opportunities, curtains, lights out. Don't do that.
0: Yeah, so. and silly unnecessary penalties is definitely the, something the Hurricanes have to get in check as well because that game uh, where the Islanders scored like four goals in the third period in like the final five minutes just – Stupid, unnecessary penalties that we said going into the playoffs. Those things that you could get away with against teams like you know Arizona uh, in the regular season, you can't get away with those right now. The competition is going to get tougher and tougher as the playoffs progress. You know this series for these teams theoretically is going to be tougher than the last one, and then the conference final, whoever that is, and the cup final whoever that is. So silly unnecessary penalties for both teams have to get cut out big time because these teams, they're going to make you pay.
1: Okay. So prediction time. Let's, let's hear them. What do you, what do you say?
0: So this is definitely tough. I think it can go either way. I'm going to say Canes in seven, uh, but it is something that I could, easily see the doubles winning this series because you know the hurricanes are so injury riddled right now actually one guy you know we didn't talk about was jack drury he was out for game six he should be good to go for game one yesterday when they were practicing he was out of the yellow no contact jersey so should be good to go for game one but that's a guy Do you know what you're going to get with him coming back? Is he going to come back like he was? Is he going to come back better? Is he going to come back worse? You don't know. The Devils could definitely take advantage of the Hurricanes' injuries. And like I said earlier, they're a young team. This is their first playoff run. I know, obviously, guys have been to the playoffs before. But as a whole, young team, this is their first big run. And they don't necessarily know what it's like to lose in the playoffs. They're just – there to have a good time, like the Hurricanes were back in 2019 when they went to the conference final. So, the Devils, you know, they could easily take this series as well. They almost took the Metro.
1: Yeah. So, I would, I would have to say Devils in six because mm-hmm. obviously, obviously, you talked about the injuries for the Carolina Hurricanes. And the one thing I want to factor in is that when the season, I, I know, I, I'm trying not to like base everything off of the regular season, Mm -hmm. but when I look at the regular season between these two teams, the devil's just got better and better uh, when playing the Carolina Mm -hmm. hurricanes. So, so like for, for example, when the Carolina hurricanes and the devils uh, played one another on in, in late December, the Carolina hurricanes, they came out uh, on the winning end. And then I remember the new year's day game, the Carolina hurricanes won in a shootout, but come uh just like a week or two later on january 10th the devils came away with a 5-3 victory and then uh in 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 march which was probably one of their best showings of the season the devils were able to shut out the carolina hurricanes 3-0 and they tied them momentarily for the met for first place in the metro so when the devils and the hurricanes played one another i just saw the devils improve and i think that's going to factor into this series the the improvement, the adaptability. We saw it in the series in, against the Rangers. Devils had their backs against the walls. They were down 0-2. And it, like I said, the the first time since 1994 in which the Devils were down 0-2 and went on to win the series. Keir Schmidt has been big. And I think Nico Heischer, once he starts scoring, because the Devils team finished with the season with a record of 43-7-6 when Heischer earned a point in a game this season. So if he's able to score, look out. So that's, that's my thing, which is the hurricanes can very much win the series as well. I'm not trying to underestimate, mm-hmm. but I, I, I always said, don't doubt the devils. And I don't care who they're playing on the other side of the rank. I don't care if it's like, mm-hmm. um, if it's like Goku or whatever, the case might feet, I, I, I don't care. It's like, don't underestimate, don't sleep on the devils. So like I said, I don't care if it's some sort of super Saiyan on the other side of the rank mm-hmm. um, why doubt the Devils at this point?
0: Yeah, exactly. The Devils, you know, they could easily win this series. They could have easily won the Metro. And their team, they came back with their backs against the wall, and they're going to have that momentum on their side of, like, heck, yeah, we just came back, beat the Rangers, when a lot of folks were counting us out. And then the Hurricanes, you know, I think you know, coming out of their series, you know, they're beat up. And, you know, I do think – one thing with them that could play a bit of a factor here is how the Hurricanes had a bit, a couple extra days to rest and the Devils are just coming off of ending that series against the Rangers. And I really do hope those extra couple days of rest were able to help out the Hurricanes. You know, Jack Drury getting back ready to go. Sebastian Ajo's mouth healing up from taking a puck to the mouth. Uh, Auntie Ranta played five straight games you know, give him a couple extra days to rest and get these guys as close to 100% as they can possibly be, because this is going to be a long series. I definitely don't see it being a sweep for either side. And these teams are going to have their work cut out for them, whoever ends up winning.
1: Yeah. So uh, obviously, like I said, Shesterkin was a good challenge for Schmidt and Mm-hmm. ronta he's definitely going to be another challenge as well but i think if schmidt is able to hold down the fort against uh, shesterkin then i think uh he could certainly do it against ronta but like i said don't want to underestimate my opposition under any mm-hmm. circumstance because a lot can happen and we've seen a lot of parody throughout the course of the playoffs so jared yeah. any final thoughts
0: not that I can think of off the top of my head, Trey. I think we've kind of hit everything. Um, Actually, now that I say that, I immediately think of one. Is can Frederick Anderson stay healthy? He missed those first five. Well, he didn't miss all of them. He did back up in a couple of them, but yeah, you know, he didn't play for five games. He came in in game six, and that was his playoff debut for the Hurricanes, and he hadn't played a playoff game in over 900 days since the bubble. That was the last time he played a playoff game ahead of game six. So, you know, can he continue that run? Because he had that really good game six. Can that continue? Because he had an up and down year dealing with injury, dealing with being sick. Like, are we going to see that, you know, up and down Freddie, or are we going to see the Freddie who last year could have very well been a Vezina finalist had he not torn his ACL? So, that's another thing that for me, could play a bit of a factor here, but I do think, yeah, he's feeling himself. He's ready to go. He's at a hundred percent. He's had time to rest. I think he's ready to go. And I think he's going to play a big factor. He was brought in to be the number one guy for moments like this. And the moments are here.
1: All right. So you, you seal your legacy in the playoffs. We'll see what Mm -hmm. happens. So for everybody, whether you cheer for the New Jersey devils or the Carolina hurricanes, Game 1 of the second round of the playoffs begin tonight in, in uh Carolina territory so we'll mm-hmm. see what we'll see what happens but I'm looking forward to one heck of a battle Jared so we'll see what happens and we'll definitely be in touch going forward
0: Absolutely Trey and I can't wait and of course good luck in this series Folks, I really hope you enjoyed that crossover with Trey. I had a lot of fun doing it. I was a little tired, but I had a lot of fun nonetheless. And make sure if you're going to the game tonight, you have fun. Take pictures. Cheer really loud. Again, whether you're at the game, whether you're at uh, your favorite uh, bar or restaurant, wherever you're at, make sure you're having fun tonight because I will be as well. And as always, make sure you're following Locked On Hurricanes, on Twitter at LO underscore hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow where we recap game one.